Eagles Entertainment. Hi, this is Doug Peterson, and you're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group Insider Dave Spadaro with you. As we get ready for Super Bowl 52 out there in here at the Novacare Complex, Eagles busy putting the coaching staff together, eyeing up 2020, having gone to the Senior Bowl, getting ready for the Combine. A lot of things going on here. We've got a great show for you. In a bit, we will hear from the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese, with his thoughts on the Eagles moving forward. But first, we're going to talk to Eagles quarterback Kyle Laletta, who uh, I'm very excited to have here. W- welcome, first of all. Thank you. This is our big time here. So uh, let me disclaimer here. Old man alert. Um, Kyle Lalletta's father and I graduated high school together. He was the quarterback on the high school football team, Westchester Henderson, class of 1983. Wonderful guy. I met you, Kyle, last year, uh, two years ago before the draft. Yes. Up in Doug's office. Yes, I did. It was a wild experience. <laughs> Grew up in Exton, Pennsylvania. Um, Eagles fan, right? Oh, yeah. Through and through? Big Eagles fan. Uh, let's let's talk about things. Uh, first of all... Um, what are you doing here in the offseason? What is what is your daily mission at the Novacare Complex? Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of going to take advantage of uh, all that that the Novacare Complex has to offer, and uh, I've gotten with our strength coach Josh Hinkst, and uh, he's helped me out a lot, and, and I have a tremendous you know relationship with him. So, you know, I just love bouncing ideas off him, and we, you know we kind of talk to each other and collaborate. So. Um, he's been great, and we're kind of still um, trying to sort out everything that we're going to do and, you know, kind of how we're going to progress through things. But, um, you know, being a guy who didn't play a ton last year, you know, um, and get got many throws in practice, you know, I'm a guy who can kind of get started a little bit earlier because my body's not as sore and, and I don't have any, um, you know, pains from, from playing and stuff like that. So I'm eager to get back into it and uh, – and, and use this facility as much as I can. I think it's fascinating already. You're, you're heading into your third year in the NFL. You've already learned the business of the league, the ups <laughs> and the downs. you got to have some thick skin here, don't you, in the oh, NFL? Oh, yes, you do. You definitely do. And uh, it's an unpredictable business, and you just you just never know what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, one of the best lessons I was ever told was just control what you can control. You know, don't worry about all that other stuff that – that uh, you know, you ultimately have no control over. Just just work hard every day and, and try to put your best foot forward and, and try to get better and improve one day at a time. All right, fast, this is great stuff. Uh, grew up in a football family. Oh, yeah. Your dad not only was a star at Westchester Henderson, went on and played at the Naval Academy. You've got uncles who've played football and been great athletes. <laughs> a grandfather at the University of Delaware, great athlete. What was it like growing up in such a family of athletes? <laughs> it was fun. It, it was a lot of fun, and I think that at a young age, um, you could see that I was just so competitive. And being a, you know, I was about a little less than two years um, younger than my older brother. Um, and kind of, I have another younger brother who's five years younger than me. So we weren't close enough in age to where we were playing together. But me and my older brother were so close. And I think um, any sport, it wasn't just football, you know, it was all sports, whether it was basketball. Um, you know, I can even remember setting up cones and, and uh, riding bikes and getting real competitive, trying to race bikes in our cul-de-sac together. Um, but anything we could do that was competitive, we would do it. And I think, you know, him being a little bit older, being a little bit more developed than me, I think it, it really helped me along the way. 
um, because I, I gained so many more skills and kind of had to had to do a little bit more to catch up to my older brother and, and you know, hanging out with his friends and competing against his friends. So um, it was tremendous for my development and, and obviously having my, my dad and my grandfather that I looked up to uh, growing up and, and wanting to be just like them. And, um, you know, I didn't even play quarterback until high school, but when it came time to say, hey, this is something that I really want to consider in college, um, you know, what's going what's gonna to give me my best shot to, to get a scholarship or to play in college someday? Uh, and quarterback was it. You know, my dad's like, I did this, and, and I can teach you a thing or two. So uh, him and my older brother both played. And, and your brother and played at Bucknell? Bucknell, yeah. yes. yes. Okay. So he started uh, quarterback at, at my high school before I did, and Down I was able East. to take over uh, from, for him. So, like I said, it, it was a very unique situation, but, but all, everything that um, – you know, was aligned, kind of helped me out and, and, and kind of developed me and, and made me who I am today. And then, Kyle, you went to <clears throat> Richmond and you, I mean, the numbers at Richmond, insane. Um, let's see, 10,000 career yards, 73 touchdowns, 35 interceptions, all conference in the Colonial Athletic Association. I mean, well, I think it was six touchdowns, five touchdowns against Sam Houston State, 546 yards. I mean, the numbers are like, they're like video game numbers. How much fun was college? It was so much fun. And, um, I mean, I really, really, and I don't say this lightly, but I had some really good guys to throw the ball to. Um, one of my leading receivers in my career um, ended up, you know, playing for the Cowboys. He came right out and was on the practice squad with the Cowboys. And, you know, he's still playing. He's, st he's, he's still around. And, and uh, you name it. I mean, we just had so many good, great guys to get the ball to throughout the years. And, and um you know, I had a lot of different coaches, a lot of different offensive coordinators, four and four years, wow. which is pretty unique. But um, Because they moved on to... They moved on, yeah. We had our, our first coach, um, Brandon Streeter, uh, is at Clemson. He's, he went on to be the quarterback coach at Clemson. Obviously, he's had a lot of success. You know, that was his alma mater as well. Um, and then we had John Garrett, uh, Jason Garrett's uh, younger brother. Um, or is his, his older brother, maybe, now that I'm thinking. But um, he was great for my development as well because we ran a lot of you know, NFL-type offensive stuff. And, and, um, and then I had uh, Charlie Fisher. Actually, Charlie Fisher was before John Garrett. But um, Charlie Fisher was at Penn State before Richmond and then went on to be a head coach. And you know, he was last at Arizona State. Um, and then I had Jeff Durden, who's, who's uh, still there now. But, but just tremendous coaches with uh, so much experience. And you can see that they're great coaches because they got hired – you know, to go be a head coach or to go to a bigger program. Um, but, I mean, it's been – I think that also was something that helped me along the way. You know, something that came up a lot in my interviews with the NFL teams was oh, you've had all these coordinators, all these different offenses, but you've still been able to improve each year. Um, and that's something I took pride in. I, 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 never, I never wanted to transfer from Richmond. Um, you know, I could have left my fifth year, but I, I loved it at Richmond. I loved the people. I loved – um, everything about that university, um, you know, so I felt like it was my obligation to give that school everything I had, and, and I just had a, a great group around me, you know, that helped me along the way. Big break at the Senior Bowl after college football, um, MVP of that game, I think 8 of 12, three touchdown passes. Was that the I'm getting noticed by the NFL moment? Well, I think getting into the Senior Bowl was, was pretty big in, in general, you know, be, being the biggest all-star game, an FCS kid kind of squeaking in. But like you said, I, I wasn't one of the premier guys at, at that um, event, um, but being able to prove to all those people that, that I can hang 
Um, you know, Baker Mayfield was on the other side, Josh Allen, all these big time names, and and I'm able to go out there and outperform them. Um, it was huge. I think it was huge for me, and and I think it just showed all those the coaches that I was confident in myself and. And that, you know, I knew that I belonged and, and uh, I had the ability to get it done. So. What was the draft experience like? You were a fourth-round pick by the Giants. And everybody I always talk to says it was the greatest professional moment of their life. Um, <laughs> until you win the Super Bowl or go on <laughs> sure, to have some sure. crazy accomplishment. What, what, where were you? Was there a party happening at the Lola household? At, I was at home uh, with my family. And, um, you know, I was watching eagerly on day two, you know, because they do the second and third round. And that was one of the hardest hardest times ever you know obviously you you figure that at some point you're going to get picked but you don't know that so you're like you know when they say oh you're projected to go this round that round you you can't listen to that because the more you get caught up in that the more you know you're going to disappoint yourself but I mean you're sweating you're literally sitting there mm-hmm. just praying just saying I hope somebody calls my name and when, when you finally get that call it's it's a it's an unbelievable uh, moment um, it was a great moment for for my whole family because you know, they, they took such a big part in my life and, and uh, helping me get to where I was. So just being able to share that moment with all the people who, who helped me get there, uh, it was really special. Was there at all a thought that the Philadelphia Eagles might call your name? <laughs> I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, where they were drafting and, and their needs at the time. You know, I had I had visited with uh, the Eagles. That's when I met you yep. first, you know, on the local day there. And, and uh, I had talked to, to Doug and, and Press Taylor and some of the other guys around. And they said, man, we would love to have you. But I, I don't know if, if you're going to be there by, by the time we want to draft. A, a quarterback, um, and plus and, the situation was very stocked. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. And and uh, but they always said they said, hey, if we ever can get a get a chance to get you down the road somewhere, we'd love to have you. And it's just funny how it works out. So you worked with Eli Manning for a year, sixteen year veteran, retired last week. What was that like? It was awesome. I think um, Eli Eli's a great person. You know, first and foremost, he, he he's a he's a great guy, um, and he's helped me helped me out so much. I think. You know, he leads by example, and, and he's, he's been an unbelievable professional in his career. And, you know, congratulations to him on, on retiring and, and moving on to the next chapter of his life. And, and he's had a tremendous run. And I think, you know, for someone to have that much success and, and you know, be that many years in the NFL and then help a young guy along like me, and, and the humility and, and uh, just the respect I have for him is, is uh, you know, I, I have so much respect for that guy. So, But when you say professionalism, for fans, they don't know. What does that sure. mean well, exactly? I think, I think professionalism means coming to work every day and just being a consistent uh, person in the way that you approach everything. You know, be, being a football player is not just about Sundays. It's about your preparation. It's about how you work out. It's about how you interact with people in the building, how, how your leadership skills, um, you know, come out. And, and um, you know, because it's all about building a team at, at this level. And, and everybody's a good player. Everybody's got skills. So what – you know what can you do to to give your team the edge and and he was a great leader and and led by example and and so much respect from that building because he's consistent he never he never he never slipped up he never faltered he 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 was he was the same person every day and and came to work and and did everything he, he could to get better that day how do you when you observed him i i'm always fascinated by the media aspect of it being in philly it's crazy i can only imagine what it's like in new york yeah. how did eli handle the droves of negativity that enveloped that football city. Well, he's, he's he's great. He's he's one of the best at it, and that's another reason why he's such a professional. because the way he deals with the media, and I think um, you know there are times where sure he you know you might be thinking one thing or he might, but you know he just keeps it he keeps it you know pretty even keel and and he's steady and and 
always gives credit to to his teammates and and he's just a selfless guy and and never wants to draw attention to himself and he's just he's just a team 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 guy and I and I respect people like that. How do 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 players do you do you have a an awe moment walking into a locker room for the first time? We all think yeah these guys are but you're 21 years old, yeah. 22 years old. Yeah. No, I did. I think I definitely did the first time I walked in that building and um just to be around players you grew up watching, you know? I mean, I was like you said, I was a little kid you know, five, six years old, throwing the ball around in, in my living room and then come in and to watch a guy play that I end up being teammates with. It's it's pretty surreal. And, you know, we had we had a pretty talented roster that, that year I was on the Giants with Odell and some of those other superstars um, with Saquon. I mean, just, just mm. some big-time superstar players. So it was pretty cool, pretty surreal. And from a football standpoint, really good preseason. You, I think you played in one game, five passes. Is that what it was in the regular season? Uh, yes, yes, last year. Huge difference uh, preseason. College at Richmond, sure. preseason NFL, regular season NFL. Quantum leaps? You know, people ask me that, and I don't think so. I don't think it's um, – it doesn't feel a whole lot different. Um, obviously, the speed is is faster, but just like anything, you adapt to it. You know, just like you go from high school to college, and, and at first it's a little much, but you adapt. And, and anybody who's – done it as long as as we have I mean that's all we've known since we were little kids is playing football so um and you always gotta you always gotta figure out a way to to you know play up to the competition so if the bar's set here I gotta get there and I gotta somehow you know find a way to be successful and that and that's what great athletes do so um you know that was my you know I went into the senior bowl you know, playing against better players that I've ever played against. But you don't think of it that way. You just think of, hey, this is just another game. You know, I got great teammates too. You know, I got bigger bigger linemen maybe or, or, or different receipt or tight, whatever. But, um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's pretty amazing how guys can just, you know, it might take a couple days or a couple weeks to get used to it. But, man, as, a, as an athlete, you adapt and, and uh, you just figure it out. And uh, were you feeling good after that rookie season? Were you feeling like you kind of made – the progress you wanted to make? Well, I mean, I was disappointed because, the, the, you know, the one regular season action that I got didn't didn't go as planned. And, um, you know, there were a bunch of different factors. And, you know, I had five passes. But, um, yeah, it just definitely leaves a sour taste in your mouth getting getting the only action of your career and, and to not do well. Um, so... You know, but it's a small sample size, and I, I'm I'm such, I'm confident in myself, and and uh, you know I know that the next time I get my shot, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do better, and, and just every time I go out there, I'm gonna play better and better. Um, so I'm just looking forward to the next time I get that opportunity. And then of course the Giants draft Daniel Jones, and everybody's sure. booing in New York, and <laughs> you're booing at home, going, "Jeez!" <clears throat> Did you get a sense at that point, Kyle, that maybe things were gonna change in New York for you? Well, sure. I mean, it was a weird feeling, um, you know, just sitting at, sitting in my couch at home one year ago, getting that call. Now you're, you know, you're the potential backup to Eli Manning or the potential, you know, guy to take over. And then they they draft somebody that high, you know, means they have a lot of belief in him. Um, it it was a unique situation, but as a guy who, um, you know, has to has to be in the building and has to. You still have to come to work every day, and and you can't let that stuff bother you. You can't let somebody else affect the way you prepare or the way you go out and play or, or your confidence level. You just kind of gotta gotta say, hey, at the end of the day, you know, I can play football. I'm a good football player. If I do what I need to do, if I play to the best of my ability, you know, this team will will use me or. I'll have value somewhere else in the league. And, um, you know, it didn't work out in New York, but 
you know, I'm fortunate that I'm here and, and I'm back home. So. And this is when I, when I talk to people and they always say, gosh, it must be tough when your team's losing. I'm like, well, you know, you're never, <laughs> nobody's ever, it sucks to lose, but nobody's ever down in the NFL. If you lose confidence in yourself, done. you are done. 100%. Yeah. And you have to, too many so good you, players. Yeah, you have to learn. And there's only 32 teams. You have to learn to rebound and get better 100%. from experiences. Um, when it ended in New York, you didn't have much time to moan, to feel sorry for yourself. The Eagles sign you the next day to the practice squad. You're here for the 2019 season. Give me three lessons you learned in 2019. Three lessons. Wow. Um, I would say don't, you know, first one is don't let your situation dictate the way you work. You know, and and uh, it's a good example on the practice squad. We had so many guys. It was it was cool from my perspective to see so many guys that, you know, you get on the roster at first and you start out and um, you know all these practice squad guys. And then by the end of the year, all these guys are playing in the games and they're performing well. Um, so just a credit to the coaches and everybody in the organization to you know help getting us ready. But um, geez, another lesson I'd say is. Um, you know, consistency, you know, I learned that from Eli. I think just just being a consistent person each day, you know, every, you're not always going to have a great day, but it's more so the consistency of when you show up, when you when you watch your film. And, and uh, you know, just like Eli, like I was talking about Eli, he's a, he's a creature of habit, and I think that's one of the reasons that makes him successful. Um, so I try to, you know, emulate that from him. Uh, and another, another lesson is you, you never know when you're going to get your shot, you know, so you, you have to be ready. You know, you, you, the best, you know, it was a Kobe Bryant quote was, you know, confidence comes from preparation, right? And that, that's what, what Kobe Bryant always thought was um, if I'm prepared, there's no reason to be nervous, you know, because I, I know I got this. If you, if you prepare the right way, you're confident when you get your shot. Kyle, working in 2019 in Philadelphia with Carson, with Josh, with Nate, Three different guys, three different stages of their careers. I imagine for you, part of your experience was being as much of a sponge as you could possibly be. So tell me, why is Carson Wentz such a great quarterback? Why has Josh lasted in this league for so long? And why is Nate somebody who, when his chance comes, I mean, he's ready to go? Well, I think um, Carson's got all the ability in the world. You know, you talk about the physical attributes and his arm strength and his athleticism and um, you know, he's just a polished quarterback. He looks the part, you know, and, and I actually played against his team in college. So I was able to meet him before he was in the NFL as well. And how'd but, that go? Uh, we lost. But well, Carson, everybody loses to North Dakota exactly, State. Exactly, but yeah. Carson wasn't even playing. Okay, so okay. if Carson was playing, we probably would have lost by twice <laughs> as much. But, um, but no, Carson, um, like I said, he, you know, he's physically, he's got all the traits, but I think he's continuing to learn. And I think you see one of the things that I really like about him is that he's willing to take advice from others and, and help let a guy like Josh McCown help him elevate his game. And I think, you know, I wasn't with him obviously uh, before this year, but I think, you know, he's made huge strides in his game. And I think that he's really started to figure some stuff out that, that will help elevate him. And I think McCown, um, you know he's been everywhere. He, he's he's had to deal with being the starter, being the backup, being traded, being cut, all these things. So he's just like he's got so much wisdom. And and if you ever need advice or just so, someone to talk to about something, Josh is always there for you. Um, I think he's a great teammate. You know that's why he's he's been around so long. He's he's a likable, enjoyable person to be around. And and uh, you know that's that, that. Those are the kind of people that people gravitate to and obviously he's got all the ability in the world for him to for him to be as old as he is to go in the game and, and 
tear his hamstring and to perform like he did, I mean, it gave me goosebumps when I heard that, you know, that he had done that to his hamstring and, and still toughed it out. Um, just, just incredible resiliency. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, Nate, Nate was really great, uh, you know, with me this year. And obviously being on the practice squad, not really being in the action as much, you know, I really appreciate all Nate did for me, you know, to, to help me feel included, to help me, you know, ask ask my opinion on certain things. And, and uh, we were a tight group. And I think, you know, Nate Nate has gotten a ton better as well. And, and he really hopes to compete one day and, and, and be a starter. And I think he will. You know, he's got the ability. And, and all those guys in the room definitely have the work ethic. What is your goal here for the offseason? What – other than getting bigger, faster, stronger, getting better across the board, are there specifics that you really want to work on that think that you think maybe will get you to the next level? Sure. Well, I think it's. Um, it, I think for me, footwork. As a quarterback, you know, you always hear that footwork um, kind of follows your, your throw, kind of follows your your feet. Like if your feet are in line, you know, usually the throw is going to be good. And I think. That's a good example for Carson too. When Carson, when he looks balanced in the pocket, and you know that ball fire off his hand and 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 uh, looks second to none. So, just trying to get more consistent in you know certain drops, and then putting my body in in a balanced position to where I can make a throw. But then also, obviously, you know it's not a seven on seven. You're not sitting back there, and and you know guys are flying around you, so you're gonna have to move. So, just trying to emulate you know being able to drop back, move. In, in the pocket and, and simulate, you know, movements in the pocket and then making balanced throws. Um, that's that's kind of everything as a quarterback. And obviously, like you mentioned, you, you know, you work everything and you try to get better at everything. But um, as much as I can do that and, and, and throw to receivers uh, that are running routes for me, um, you know, that's what's going to help me the most. Capital City Classic, Walletta slant to Simpson into the 45, breaks a tackle, and there he goes. They try to chase him down from behind, but they won't get him. After playing so much in college, I mean, for two years not playing much football, it must just test you so much, must test your patience so much, and your competitiveness. How did you replace the competitiveness on game days that you've had your entire life, <laughs> and then you're not playing on game days? Like, so how do you get it out? How do you get it out of your system? Sure. Well, I think, um, well, for me, the home games was good. We were able to do a little workout before the game, and, and, and uh you know, our quarterback coach, Press Taylor, was there, you know, coaching you through the drops and, all right, we're going to make this throw to the right. We're going to make this throw to the left. And, you know, that was kind of like my game each week. And I, I took that very, very seriously and, and went in there saying, look, today I want to make every throw right on them. I don't want to miss one, you know, and that and you kind of see from week to week how you improve. And, and that was also a way to get me um, integrated into the offense and kind of because I don't get those reps in practice that the other guys get. So. Um, that, that was a big part, uh, definitely a big part of my preparation, something that I really enjoyed that the Eagles did for me. There Valletta is. going deep from his own end zone, and he's got Cartrell Simpson, and this is going to be a 92-yard spider touchdown and the lead. Your level of confidence uh, and your belief in yourself that you can play at this level and play well at this level. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's through the roof, I think. Um, you have to be confident in yourself, and and uh, you know I don't think I would have gotten to the to the place where I am now if I wasn't confident. You know, coming from a small school, like I said, the Senior Bowl, all that. You just gotta. It's just like any other game, and and uh, you know I know that I have the ability. I know that I can make all the throws. Kyle, the letter, ten of sixteen, 166 yards. Here comes his 17th pass. 
It's a long one, and he's got Cortrell Simpson wide open, and the Spiders have the lead, 64 yards. So, uh, like I said, you just gotta you just gotta take advantage and 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 really show show the guys and, and and prove to everybody what you can do once you get your shot. What would be cool is if there was some way that. Young quarterbacks like yourself, developing guys, could go wear a red jersey in a spring league yeah. and play football. Sure. That's the only way to get better, right? Reps. Reps is super important. And uh, one of the things that helped me, uh, you know, was getting so many reps in college. Being able to start three whole years and playing in, you know, over 30 games. I don't know how many total, but I started a lot of games. And, you know, it was funny. I was on the phone with one of my old coaches the other night, and we were just talking because he was the he was uh, my first coach uh, my sophomore year my, my first year starting and um, I, I told him I said man coach I feel bad that that I was I was the way I was my first year I wish you would have gotten me my last year because of my senior year in college I felt so so comfortable back there and it wasn't nervous what it was just it was just dealing the ball but but my first year it was nothing like that so you know you kind of draw back on experiences you know, from youth football or from college to where you weren't you weren't the guy or you weren't you weren't as great when you started out, but you worked at it, you worked at it, and then ended up getting to that pinnacle. Um, so that's the same you know same track that I hope to hope to to lead on here. What is it like finally, Kyle, here to play in your hometown? That can be a distraction for some people. Have you found that at all? During the season, buddies calling you up and saying, "I want tickets." Family nah. members wanting to come to games. People wanting a piece of you. Not really. I think. Um, you know, there's some friends around here, but but not too close. And I, I, I see them every now and then, but um, it's been great. And I think, you know, I think just being home back in Philly, you know, being with a team that I grew up rooting for, I mean, it, it's crazy, but I think it gives me that little extra bit of motivation. You know, if you wake up one day and you're not feeling like lifting and just think, hey, man, I, I, this opportunity is, it's such a blessing. It's, it's, I'm so fortunate to be not only in the NFL, but like, like you said, playing for the team that I grew up rooting for, it, it's a dream come true. So um, I want to take advantage of every opportunity I get here and just and make it last as long as I can. Did your pops ever pull you aside and say, boy, that Dave Spitter, what an athlete he was in high school? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, right. I used to tell me all he the time. He played football. I played <laughs> soccer. He played lacrosse. That's funny. And I played baseball. But I did do the morning announcements. <laughs> <laughs> and I said his name, and your dad's a great guy, That's always awesome. was a great guy, humble, hardworking, loved it. I'm so glad that uh, the awesome. Laletta family is enjoying your success, and oh, you're doing fun. so well, man. It's a lot of fun. It's great. Uh, Kyle Laletta, our guest here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Kyle, thanks so much for joining, man. Thanks Have for having me, Have a great offseason, yeah, and we look forward you. to seeing you, you in the 2020 preseason. More on the way with the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, the great Merrill Reese. With me today on the podcast, the great Merrill Reese, who is uh, deep into his golf game, I'm sure, <laughs> Not e even yet. in this winter, yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Um, Merrill, uh, I guess before we get into what is next for the Eagles, what do you take away from 2019? Uh, an amazing coaching job by Doug Peterson, who resuscitated this team. When this team flew back from Miami, playoffs, even the, even the, the sound of the word playoffs seemed far-fetched, but they won four straight. And it was a character group of guys who came together, some guys who came off the practice squad and showed that they belong on 46-man rosters. And, uh, and I'm saying 46, not just 53. And it was a coach that wouldn't let them quit, that was on them. Just a great job by the entire coaching staff, really. It was interesting. And it came. the end always comes so suddenly sure. and so painfully. 
I really felt like the way the Eagles were playing, the amount of confidence they had, how hard they were playing, they were going to be a tough out for any team in these playoffs. You yeah, feel that way as well? I, I, I thought that too. But you can only sustain so many injuries, and when you lose your franchise quarterback, that was it. What is your takeaway from the play on which Carson was injured? It's, there, there are a lot of versions of it. Of course, you, you feel so hurt by it that, that he went out on a hit that involved the helmet. Uh, Doug said that he's running with the football and those things are part of the game. But it was a, a freak occurrence. Merrill, as you look around the division, Mike McCarthy and Ron Rivera, two experienced coaches, Joe Judge, who is, has been part of Super Bowl teams in New England and is a disciple of Bill Belichick, this division got harder, got more difficult, yes? I don't know that. I, I honestly don't know that. Proven coaches don't make it a well, more difficult I, division? I, I'll tell you this from, from my knowledge. I know that the Redskins got a heck of a coach. I think the world of Ron Rivera, I think he's absolutely a terrific, terrific head coach, was 15-1 and and coach of the year in Carolina. Took them to a Super Bowl, and I know Ron will. And then he brings with him uh, Jack Del Rio. So that's a good package. So I think the Redskins are a better team from that standpoint as long as Daniel Snyder leaves them alone. Okay. That's, that's a key. As far as the Giants are concerned, it's a roll of the dice. Uh, a special teams coach who coached a year in the secondary went to Baltimore and won a Super Bowl. And we know how great John Harbaugh is. I can't tell you anything about Joe Judge. And I don't take the fact that he came from the Belichick organization and that he studied under Nick Saban to mean much. Uh, it could. It's certainly a benefit, but we don't know. You know, the, the coach who had the fewest amount of people from his so-called tree that did anything was Vince Lombardi. The ones who have had the great trees are Mike Holmgren and now Andy Reid. And your thoughts on Mike McCarthy? I don't know. I, I, I He's got a good record. Uh, he was with a great organization. He was a Super Bowl winning coach. But to me, I don't see him as a charismatic personality. I'm not going to be critical of him. I just have never been close enough to him to evaluate what he's done. And from afar, I've never listened to him speak or address the team and gone, wow. But I do know about Ron Rivera. And Mer that's firsthand. Yeah, yeah, he's a great coach. Just see how he coexists with Daniel Snyder. Your biggest, give me your top three needs as you, Merrill Reese, look at this Eagles roster. I think this team has to have a receiver to blow the top off the defense. That will open up everything else. That guy was supposed to be Deshaun Jackson, and unfortunately, he was injured gone from the second week on, tried to come back, and it just didn't work out. But they need, and, and hopefully Deshaun in the second year of his contract can be that, but you can't take that for granted. You've got to get a young burner, and that would be my first priority. Doesn't mean you have to take that position in the first round, because there are other priorities, and you take the best athlete among those several priorities. I think this team needs an outstanding corner who can come in. The secondary needs help. There's no doubt about that. So that would be my second one. And I think you need another outstanding young offensive lineman. The offensive lineman is aging in different areas. We don't know. Jason Kelsey has spoken in the past about retirement. 
And I hope that doesn't happen because he's at the peak of his game. But I think you have to look at offensive line as something that has to be seriously addressed. Merrill, your top three didn't include my number one defensive end. They need to get a pass rush here, right? I mean, that that helps everything on defense. Well, and I, I like Derek Barnett, and I like Brandon. Uh, Brandon Graham, Graham is, is but Brandon Graham could be football. another year older. And the Eagles had seven defensive ends on this roster. You know who played well at the end of the season? Vinnie Curry. Vinnie Curry earned whatever they're giving him. But yes, you do have to have. I mean, if you, pass rushers are important. Obviously, if you can get an elite pass rusher, but, but you would put that number one yeah, ahead I really of wide receiver. Yes, I think you can get something from Alshon coming back and Deshaun coming back. Not to say they don't need another one or two. You're going to lose Nelson Aguilar likely in free agency. Mm-hmm. But Greg Ward, we think, can be a, a oh, no, very I good don't slot think. receiver. I, I know he can be a, a very productive slot receiver. He's a terrific football player. And then player. after those three, and they, they come with age and they come with injury question marks, what do you really have at wide receiver? So I would say, yes, of course, you can get – uh, you need to get another wide receiver. Well, and don't forget. But I'm, not uh, every, I'm not going on first round. Uh, saying, a, lot I of people are, a lot of people are not excited about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who did not have a productive rookie season. But very often, that jump from first to second seasons gives you an opportunity to see what somebody can really do. And he's a quality young man. He's very bright. He's gifted. He's not a burner. But I think he can be a very, very talented red zone and uh, possession receiver. Again, we have to see. We can speculate, but I, I don't think they made a mistake in drafting him. I think it's really interesting, Merrill. Because of all the injuries, the Eagles had to bring in the likes of Boston Scott and Greg Ward and Deontay Burnett and TJ Edwards had to play more. And all of a sudden you go, well, all right, these are a bunch of young players on the field and they're winning games. Yeah. And so... Maybe the gap is not a, an extraordinary gap from the top of the NFC to where the Eagles oh, are. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I made a statement at the beginning of this season when this team came to training camp that as I look down the rosters of the 32 teams, I think this team has as much talent, this is what I said, as anybody, that this team has an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, all things being equal. But Injuries changed this team. The wide receiver department decimated by injury. The secondary, for the most part this season, it was mix and match. I mean, Jim Schwartz had to really come up with a lot of ways to stop the opposition. So things, the injuries changed. Uh, Howie made a reference to it at his final press conference that the biggest defensive addition to this football team was supposed to be Malik Jackson. Well, he was going into the season. So the team that finished the season was only a shadow of the team that went into it. I think the encouraging sign was that Carson Wentz played in every one of the 16 regular season games and missed very few plays. Unfortunately, he didn't make it past the first quarter of the playoff game. Yeah, and that let's talk about that position for a moment. I mean, we have no idea what's going to happen there. Other than you've got Carson and Kyle Lalletta, is Nate Sudfeld going to sign a, a big deal somewhere else? Do, I don't know. Is is Josh McCown going to come back as a quarterback? I would doubt it. I, I, I would doubt it. I, I he's he's played seventeen years now, and he came back because they said please. Yeah. So and, and he got a chance to play in a playoff game, and I'm sure he added a great deal to that what they call the quarterback room. Uh, he's got so much knowledge, and I think he helped Carson Wentz in a lot of off-the-field ways. But is, is he going to come back? 
I would say, and, and I don't know this, but I would be surprised if he did. And I would be surprised if Nate Sudfeld didn't go someplace else where they could say to him, we will give you an opportunity to compete for a starting job. And I think that Kyle Oletta, I've watched tape of him playing in preseason games for the Giants, and I think he's a pretty sharp young man, and he brings some skills to that position. But again, we have to see him in the preseason, but he will be back. What do you make, Merrill, as we look ahead to 2020, uh, of the running back position? I think it's fine. I, I think it's in great shape. Uh, they had a great draft choice in Miles Sanders. He is an outstanding back. I think he should be the rookie, the offensive rookie of the year. That's how strongly I feel about him. I think he's a, a top-quality blue-chip back. And bringing in Boston Scott, if you were ever looking to reincarnate Darren Sproles, that's what this kid is. He's, he's got so much passion, and there are so many things that he can do. He's going to get better. And then Corey Clement, who's been hurt the last two years, so I just shame. don't want to give up on. No. Corey Clement is a, is a great guy, and he's a guy who has an uplifting personality and a lot of talent. And then Elijah Holyfield, we'll see what he is. And they'll add three or four. And we don't even know Jordan Howard what his next we, step we is going to be. Know. We a don't really, know. really unfortunate injury for him. Oh, because he he was a great acquisition. He gave them what they were looking for, and maybe even a little bit more. Mm-hmm. He was a very good back for this team. Ten draft picks, we think. Howie said, let's get a little younger. Okay, great. I just I think this is going to be just a really really interesting offseason. Yeah, and with, I, with some turnover, with some significant turnover, as uh, there always is. Well, there always is. But when you say significant turnover, I agree with you. But this is no, in no way, shape, or form a team that has to say, all right, let's sacrifice a season and bring in all these young players and take a step back and then watch them grow. No, this is a team that needs a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit of luck in that injury department. And they will be back there among the contenders next year. They have two of the most important things any team can have. They have a great head coach, and they have a terrific franchise quarterback. That gives me confidence. And one other thing, they have a great owner. Jeffrey Lurie is a great owner who will give his coaches and his personnel people all the the support that they need to do their jobs. Merrill, there's no better way to finish this Eagles Insider Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's always a pleasure, Dave, to be on with you, and I look forward to communicating and enjoying the 2020 season with all of our great Eagles fans. The great Merrill Reese. Dave Spadaro with you here, Eagles Insider. Thank you for listening to our Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Peter Kelly for putting it all together. And everyone, have yourselves a great Eagles day, and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S!